Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Midweek Main Point. Uh, this is uh, Jonathan Hendrickson, associate pastor here at Rose of Sharon Baptist Church, and I'm here with all the rest of the pastoral staff, Jeremiah Custer, our youth pastor, Blake Flincham, our children's pastor, and Jeff McCarthy, our senior pastor, and we're here to discuss the Sunday morning message together. Um, and uh, it's been a few days, but um, I think we can... We still get into a good discussion, and we're going to continue. We're kind of in a, I don't know, a, a little bit of what we would call a mini-series here, fellas, with uh, the theme of power, that Jesus' power pulls us through, and that's really coming as part of a tie-in with our Vacation Bible School that we're running on Sunday nights right now. And so um, uh, the verse this week that we were looking at uh, in VBS, and then also the verse that the message was on, came from Psalm 31, 24, um, and it just says, Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Or the uh, NKJV is, Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. And uh, Jeff, you, you entitled this sermon, Confident Hope. Um, and so, um, at first you might look at that and go, Well, what's this got to do with power, Right. And if we're talking about Jesus, power pulls us through. What does this have to do with power? But um, I think I think what we'll find here is that um, the the hope that we that we get gives us the power to to to, to push through. Gives us the power to to have courage, um, to be strengthened in our heart, and um, and then of course we'll find that that comes from putting our hope in the right place. So let's talk about all that together, um, and, and we'll we'll see where the discussion leads us here. Um, your first point when we got into this, Jeff, is is and you, know, you just kind of went right down the verse yeah. here. So so the first you know if you look in the in again in the NKJV, which I think is where you took your central text from, is be of good courage. Um, the, the message, you shared that with us too. I, I like that. It said, be brave or be strong. Don't give up. Um, and so um, that, you know, much is made of courage. A, a lot is made of courage. And, and in, I think in our sort of American or Western sensibilities, when we talk about courage, um, we, have a certain, we have a certain sort of image that comes to mind immediately. We think of you know the brave warrior or you know the, the, the soldier or maybe you think of those first responders you know the uh, people who are um, who uh, you know run into flaming buildings or, or or go into buildings that are you know threatening to collapse just to go rescue someone you know those kinds of that that kind of courage um, how does courage and, 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 and this is important because, and you mentioned it, we see this all throughout the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Courage seems to be something that we're, we're um, we are, um, um, what's the word? I don't want to say commanded. encouraged, but, you know, we're not commanded. Well, I guess some ways commanded, but it's something that we are, we're, we're told to have frequently through Scripture. So how, what is courage or being of good courage had to do with our, our, our Christian walk. How, I mean, how do those two things go together? I'm just tossing that out to the table, by the way. <laughs> well, I think the main thing is living differently. And it's easy to, you know, just kind of go with the flow and kind of just, you know, do whatever do what everybody else is doing. 
But being a Christian, like, it involves, like, dying to yourself daily. Like, forgetting about what you want and doing what Jesus wants. Mm. And, you know, it's like, you know, I think, like, for high schoolers, like, something <clears throat> courage, like, if they're trying to walk up the freight, that means you don't go to the party after the football game on Friday night. You know, you don't mm-hmm. go to the after party. You don't go do the drugs and getting drunk and things like that. You stay home and um, do something else, you know. Th- those kind of things is... It, it's hard to do it because you want to do it. You want to fit in. We have this natural desire for like community, but to desire what's what God would want to have us to do. That's what that's where being bold comes into. So, so you're looking at courage in terms of in, in terms of Christianity and turn in in the kind of boldness that we can have to live the kind of life that that. that okay, yeah. I think that's good. Uh, the, the the context, Jeff, is in in the in, 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 I think you're right. By the way, yeah. I don't, I, I'm not I'm not no, saying I got you. wrong. I, got you. I think I think you're right there too. But the context here seems to be David is actually we assume this is David writing the psalm, and like you said, scholars differ on 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 what the what the actual historical context is for this. Most think that it's after his son Absalom has has sort of usurped the throne, and um, and so. He's in dire straits here. Um, so it seems that the context here is that David is actually in some level of trouble, right? Yeah, and so the the problem with David then is he's been given a promise by God that he would have a son that would rule forever, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so now he's got a son that's going to usurp his throne, and the result is either going to be David's going to get killed, Mm-hmm. Which then result in all of David's other children would be killed, right? Or David then would have to kill him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really his only option. So, so the courage David needed was to trust God in the midst of this conflict. That no matter what happens, I'm still putting my faith and trust in you. That that the things you promised me are still going to happen. It's still going to work out somehow, some way. I think that's kind of the the inner thought that was going on with David when you look at it that way. And so now he needs courage, and and when you look at that word courage, it means like the the grasp and the squeeze and the hold on. So 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 in our American way of thinking about courage, is something we have inside of us, mm-hmm. some something we just kind of can get to happen or just happens. That or, sort of inner fortitude, uh, the adrenaline yeah. or whatever takes place, and we we just do it. And what David is like, he needs the courage to hold on to God and to His promises in order to get through this major. Uh, conflict he's in this crisis that he's in mm-hmm. because i mean people around him are dropping off left and right and they're abandoning him and joining forces against him so so he's in a very big predicament right and um and so his thing is i've still got to trust god in the midst of this and so i need the courage to do that so so perhaps he needed the courage then to for those that did continue to go with him and then for solomon and the rest of the family to be that person that gave courage to them, and then the the men that were still, uh, you know, left behind. You know, he had he had his spies and stuff like that. He needed need to show them courage as well, so that they would trust that he's trusting God, that they can trust God too. So I, that's kind of the way I looked at the whole thing when I was studying. So we have two different kinds of courage that we're talking about here. In some ways, when we're talking about like, the kind that Blake talked about, well, like the sort of. The, the, the boldness or the bravery to go and against the flow. And here we have David talking about courage, like something to, uh, in terms of um, like the, the kind of courage you're talking about is courage to 
hold on to something that hold on to those promises perhaps or hold on to those things so general where does that leave us and like is that is that so is courage when we when we tell christians be courageous do we expect them to have the same courage as that guy that's running into a burning building or is courage something different here yeah i think it's a little bit of both i don't like to say that there's two definitions of courage in the bible i think that there there's one but it encompasses both what jeff and blake just said so i think maybe the best word maybe for a synonym would be confidence Mm-hmm. So when they say take courage or take hope or take heart, they mean confidence. And that would mean that you have confidence in something externally, mm-hmm. uh, which should influence you internally. If you have confidence in something externally, it should influence you internally to to be more bold, to be more confident. Um, and what I mean by confidence, I mean reliance, I guess. But I think confidence is the best word because Jeff just mentioned like, um, David is able to have confidence because he, he knows the promise of God. Mm-hmm. And because he knows the promise of God and he knows God is faithful to his word, he knows that it's going to turn out okay in the end. He knows that God's already promised, I'm going to have a son who's going to sit on the throne forever. Mm-hmm. Well, for us, it's the same way. There's things that have been promised to us we haven't received yet. But we know, so like... Uh, you just know this. Everyone knows that in battle, in war, if your men think they're going to win, they fight harder. Mm-hmm. Because they, 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 they know they're going to win, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same way in the Christian life. We know we're on the winning side. And that should give us confidence. That should give us boldness. Uh, I saw an illustration. I, maybe one of you guys mentioned it, or I think I read it on the internet. Either way, <laughs> there was a test done. With, we'll, we'll take credit for it. Well, if, 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 if I'm saying it and y'all, y'all are the one who brought it up, tell me. But um, there was a test done uh, on rats, and they were thrown into a jar, basically, uh, that was filled with water halfway. And rats can't swim, but they can kind of paddle long enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what they were doing was they were letting the rats swim as long as they could. It would only be about nine minutes before they started sinking, and then, of course, they would drown. They weren't letting them drown, though. They were, they were rescuing them at the point of which they gave up, basically. Mm-hmm. And then what they would do is they take that same rat, put it back in there. So the first time, they were able to swim for about nine minutes. The next time, it was something like 30 hours because they had confidence that they were going to be rescued. So wow, they that's fought, cool. They yeah, fought, no, that's, not, that's not my illustration. It must be the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a real test. Uh, I might try to look it up in a second while y'all are talking. That's pretty cool. So they, they were able to swim for 30 hours? Yeah, it was it was exponentially, like tons higher. It was, uh, I'll have to, I'll, I'll try so to look it up. So when they first experienced that they were in this panic, they were trying to save themselves. They were trying to save themselves, and, and then, then the they just realized. They were like, probably just more relaxed, maybe just dog, like we would call dog paddling. Because I know that at the end, somebody's going to pick me up. Yeah, they, they just, not, I'm not going to They assumed there was going to be a rescuer. They assumed that, that man, if I keep going, they're going to get me, right? They're going to mm-hmm. help me. Uh, but the first time, they just lost hope. Mm-hmm. They lost that confidence. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that applied really well to kind of our definition of what I think, mm. you know, that's courage and confidence. Yeah, no, that's a great illustration. I really like that. Um, you know, it, it brings to mind, uh, it immediately brings to mind the, you know, Peter on the water, on the waves, right? Because um, in, in that same sort of way, Peter 
Well, he has uh, his eyes on the Lord is, is able to walk on the water and go towards Jesus. And the moment he takes his eyes off, he gets scared and um, he starts sinking. But he he says, help me. And the thing that always comforts me about that passage and that story is that it says immediately Jesus was there. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus didn't let him drown a bit and say, come on, you got this, Peter. Yeah. You know, he immediately oh, he needs he's a little there. bit more courage. Right. Yeah. <laughs> immediately he's there to rescue and i just think that when we when we realize that jesus is immediately there like whenever we call out to him and i believe that's true that 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 should give us the same kind of courage as these as these rats had right i mean like so i know that even though my circumstances look bleak my circumstances might look hopeless i have one who's watching over me i have one who who uh, who um, is not going to let me, um, you know, is not going to let anything happen to me permanently. Like I, like my okay, sure, I might something might happen to me in this life for sure, um, but my eternity is secure in Him, right? Um, understand that I'm not saying that He's going to keep me from all bad things. That that's just that's not rational, um, uh, but. I like what people say all the time. It's not that he will deliver us from those things, but he'll deliver us through those things, one way or the other, right? Well, and it's not a, it's not a, uh, a permission for us as Christians to do things that are rash and dangerous. Because, right. Because I'm trying to prove my courage, which, you know, I mean, we're in the middle of this pandemic right now. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of, quote, Christian people have said, you know, I'm trusted in God. I don't need a vaccine. I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm trusting in Him. I'm going to have this boldness. And then a lot of them have actually died of COVID. Yeah, yeah. And and you're like, I don't believe God wants us to do something rash rash like that and put ourselves in danger just to prove we're bold and courageous. I don't think that's what, I don't think that's what David was in retreat. He didn't stay in fight. Yeah. He was trying to protect his family and protect uh, his main people around him so that if Absalom did come in and, and, and take over, he's not going to kill everybody and slaughter them. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. I mean, I heard So I'm like, I get the vaccine because I don't want my wife to get it. I right. don't want to give it to her. I wore a mask and all that stuff because I didn't want to, to, to get it, but I didn't want it to give it to anybody. Right. So you use what God gives you. And so we can still have calmness and, and steadfastness and strength. Because we're trusting in Him. We're not really trusting. I'm not really trusting science or anything like that. I'm trusting God. But I'm also going to be smart about it. Right. I heard a lot of people quote from First Timothy, you know, He hasn't given us a spirit of fear um, in terms of COVID. Yeah, but He's like, given so, you common sense. Too, he's to use it. Like, uh, and, and, we're not, we don't have to prove and while that's true, We don't have to prove anything as Christian. Right. Well, it's true He's not given us a spirit of fear. I mean, we're talking about having courage, right? Yes. Yeah. But there's a difference between having courage and not having common sense. Well, most people, <laughs> like in soldiers' cases, they would tell you if someone says they're not afraid, don't get anywhere near them. Yeah. Because they're going to be... What? They're going to be dangerous. That's the guy that has fear, but he doesn't let his fear then keep him from acting out encouraged. Right. And that's kind of, I think, what God is saying here in this passage. Like, I may be afraid I might lose my job, but I'm not going to let that fear cause me not to act out like I need to. Right. To try to help someone or be there for someone. Right. You, I mean, it's a different, you know, it's, courage it's using is, your mind and heart, but also trusting God. Right. It, you know, courage is not the absence of fear. It's yes, going on in spite exactly. of fear. Yes, exactly. um, and so, 
in, in that way, I, I, I want to, before I jump to the second point here, um, before we leave this idea of courage, um, I do want to talk about, okay, great, we know we're supposed to have courage. Where does that courage come from? And you touched on this, Jeff, in your message because you quoted from Romans 15, 4. And Paul in Romans 15, 4 says, such things are written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Like, how is it that the scripture gives us courage? How, we're, how, how do we find courage from Scripture? Because that seems to be what Paul's talking about here in Romans. Yeah, for me, I find, you know, the, the reason I find courage in Scripture is like I have courage in the one who inspired the Scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, we believe that the Holy Spirit used over 40 men and women to, you know, re- basically reveal God. And that's and when it comes to, you know, the meat and potatoes of it, you know, I have courage in the Scripture because I have courage and the one who wrote the scriptures you know mm-hmm. uh, Jeremiah like what would you say like how how does how um, what is it that's in scripture that gives us courage yeah I, I think Jeff mentioned it earlier when he said uh, for me it's it's the promises mm-hmm. of God um, you hold on to those promises and if you don't think we're not still holding on to promises, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's many promises we're still holding on to that haven't come to fruition or, or haven't been fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have confidence that that from the Word, because His Word has always uh, revealed, uh, been revealed, and then um, He's always come through. He's always been faithful. So you hold on to those promises in Scripture, and that, that of course, helps to embolden you. So when, when times are tough... Uh, like I said, you can hold on to God's promise that He's going to be with you, right? That's mm-hmm. one major promise. Uh, and not just that, but that we win in the end, right? If you've read, if you've read the end of the book, like it turns out well for those who are believers. Yeah. So we've talked about this before, and I remember having this discussion when, we, um, uh, when COVID first started up and we were talking about fear and courage and those kinds of things. And it was natural to have that kind of discussion. And I think it was you, Jeremiah, that in in one of our sort of sermon-based small group sessions that we were having, something like this, you said something to the effect of, um, I'm glad that it doesn't depend on me to hold on to him. It's him holding on to me, Mm. right? So that kind of, I think, ties into what both of you just said in terms of where we get courage from. Because you're right. I get courage from the promises, right? I get courage from, I know that, that there are promises that are yet to be fulfilled. And, and, and the reason why I have courage from those promises is because I have trust in the promise, the man who, the, the, the one who made those promises. Yeah, yeah. Like if Jeff had made those promises to me, I mean, I trust Jeff a lot, but if Jeff had made those promises to me, I might not put all my faith yeah, in that. I because, can't back it up or have a guarantee. Yeah, you have no, there's no guarantee that he's going to, you know, he might have all the best intentions in the world, but he might not be able to come through on the promise that he makes me. You know, that's one of the things that I did as a, as a dad was I tried never to promise my children anything because I didn't want them to, to get this notion of, unless I knew that we could really come through with it. I just didn't make. I don't make promises. Uh, I don't. I don't like using that term yeah. because I don't want to weaken what a promise is. Right. Um, and so, like marriage. Yeah. Well, no, really, like marriage. Mm-hmm. It's exactly right. So, so 
to go back to what I was saying, though, I, I think that because I know the promise maker, right, and, 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 and the promises that he's made, in some ways, it, it really is more him holding on to me than it is me holding on to him. Like, it, like I can let go, right? But he's not going to let go of me. And I think that's the point you made before when we were talking about it. Yeah, and Jeff mentioned this scripture. So there's a lot of correlation to the be strong and courageous to uh, Joshua, and mm-hmm. he's about to go into right. to battle. So I'll just read it. Uh, it's against uh, 6, 7, and 9. Yeah, I'm going to do 7 actually through 9. So he says, Only be strong and very courageous. So this is Joshua 1, verse 7 through 9. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Mm-hmm. For then you will make your way prosperous, prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. And here's here's where I think the Lord is trying to teach Joshua. Because he knows if you read the scriptures, this is what you'll find out. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Mm. Mm-hmm. So he tells Joshua, look, don't, don't, don't waver from it, not to the left, not to the right. Meditate on it day and night because he knows if he reads the scriptures... He'll see who God is and how he's been faithful to his promises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, you know, Moses is dead. Joshua is taken over. God is instilling that in him. I mean, he repeats it to him. And then it's repeated one more other time, I think, around verse 22. Or yeah, yeah. In the same chapter. I, uh, it's like the 10 times it's in the Bible, yeah. four of them right there. And so I think what David's done then is because David's thinking, all right, if I get killed, I'm, I'm out of here. I've got to leave a message for those behind mm. that come after me. You know, because that's that's how the the, the psalm ends, with quoting basically this mm-hmm. battle, uh, God getting Joshua ready for battle. And so he's pointing them back to not only whoever will be in his place if he's killed, but then for us too as we come back and look at the scriptures later. So there's... So we're putting our trust, and and so that tied in with that Romans thing that David was using Scripture to try to encourage him. Remember, I said something like this might be his mantra. He's saying to himself right now, "Be strong, be courage," you know. And it came to his mind, so he's he's putting it out for everybody else. So right. Um, so yeah. So it's through the Scriptures, then through everything that happens, then I'm going through a very similar circumstance or kind of similar battles or whatever way we want to look at it. I can say, hey, I can be strong. And I can face this thing. And, you know, I might have some fear and all, but I can still have courage because I'm trusting in the one. You know, I'm trusting that, you know, like, like I said with my dad's illustration, whether I die, it's going to be okay. And right. if I live, it's going to be okay. Right. It's a win-win kind of thing. And I think that's kind of uh, what this whole um, passage with David was about. Yeah. So one other thing that you said, and, and, and this ties into both the first point and the second point, so I think it's a, a good time to talk about it. Is that um, we're talking about the 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 whole sermon title is confident hope, mm. and a lot of times when we talk about hope, um, we think of like, well, I hope so. Yeah, that was in my introduction, right? Um, I, I hope it's the case that such and such happens, but this kind of hope is a 
different kind of hope. It's a it's a different type of courage. It's a different type of strength. This is, um, and I think that's maybe the reason why you called it a confident hope. Mm-hmm. Um, that this isn't a I hope so. This is well, a, it's you're hoping, but you're also expecting. Like I'm waiting and expecting. Is so my hope is something that's going to happen. Right. It's not like I'm hoping it might happen. Right. I'm waiting, but it's never going to happen. It's more like my hope is in this. Yeah. And, I, and, and this goes, I guess it kind of ties in what we're talking about these promises, right? Because if I, if I say, well, I hope so. I mean, then, God promised them a land, right? Right. But they still have to go into battle to take it. It's yeah. not like they can just sit around on the other side of the Jordan River and go, well, you know, he promised it to us, and one day, you know, maybe they'll just give up and they'll just hand it to us. Right. So, I mean, that's that's you know, it's just the the battle of life we're in. Right. You know, it, we it, have to live our lives. What I was gonna say is, uh, if I say, well, I hope such and such happens, you know, I I, I hope that um, you roll the dice, you hope you get a yeah, you know, I hope, a one or two. Right? I hope I get a one or a two. Well, there's no promise that I'm gonna get a one or two. There's 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 a chance I can get a one or two, but when we're talking about the kind of hope that we're talking about, we're that when that hope is grounded in, if the thing that we're holding on to is promises made by the promise maker, mm-hmm. then there is no chance involved. It's not chancy at all. It's 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 more of a again a confident yeah, your hope. hope is I know, and, and so something. because I had that hope in that thing, and I know that it's going to come to be. Then yes, you're right. Then I have, then I have strength. I have courage to push forward into that, and into service to that. Like you know, like the illustration you just used with the Israelites going in to go get that land, right? They know, okay, we've got to go do this, and they feel. And if they, if their hope is in that promise that God has made them, then they know, okay, there's no chance about this. This is gonna happen. So now we have hope, and we go, we push forward, we go, and we, or we go even, and even we if I'm dying the battle for it, I know my grandchildren are going to get the land. Yeah. So it's 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 still not going to take away the circumstances and the problem and the and the thing that you're facing. Right. But it gives you that strength. I mean, like on the video I showed with the man on the street. Yeah. And some of those answers for those people, I mean, it broke your heart. Yeah, it was sad because you know their idea of hope. You know, one guy was like in humanity, mm. and then the one fellow is like, "I don't really have any hope." You know, I just live one day at a time. I mean, and then some of the guys had a solid answer. You know, they're putting their hope in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um. So, so we as Christians, we know that um, we have hope. Yeah. And you know, when we have a funeral, the last. The last thing that happens to somebody if they have a funeral mm. is we, most people will read a scripture over that, that thing and says that we don't, uh, um, we don't mourn, we like don't mourn as others who have no hope because our mm. hope is not in, okay, I'm going to live forever, never going to die. No, I'm going to die, but I do have hope I'm going to live again because I put my faith and hope in Jesus Christ. Right. So, um, and it's an expectant thing. It's not a. It's not a chancy thing. Yeah. Right. So I didn't do a word study in this particular word, but I will say that the ESV actually translates it. Wait. Wait for the Lord, mm-hmm. and I think, I think that helps us realize. So if you're like, let's say if you're at a bus stop and you're waiting on the bus, right? That's different than you're hoping the boat the bus comes by. 
Right. Like you're just sitting some random spot. I'm hoping the bus comes by. But if you're waiting, that means you're waiting in anticipation. You have confidence that it's coming, right? Right. So I think I think maybe wait is a better word. Um, but even then, I think we would be waiting and expecting. Yeah, yeah. Even then, I think we would be careful what we're – because there are times where I've – you know, um, I don't know. This has never happened to me, but – um, or well, it has I, you know I'm waiting on someone to show up, and for whatever reason they stand me up, right? Yeah. Because they don't they don't show. Um, I expected them to show, and they let me down. You know, oh, I thought you were going to be here at such and such a time, and you know maybe something came up and they weren't able to do you know make it there, or they forgot, or whatever. But you wait, you're waiting expectantly, expecting something to happen that it doesn't happen. But in this case, the weight that we're talking about is a different kind of weight because, again, it's, it's waiting on something that you know is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's the, the, one, the one who you're trusting in can't lie. And so if he, if he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And um, so, so, yeah, I think that's right. Let's talk about the strengthening our heart, though, um, the second part of this verse. Um, be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. NIV says, be strong and take heart. Mm-hmm. And then again, Jeremiah just mentioned the ESV. It says, be strong and let your heart take courage. Um, so all those sort of saying the same kind of thing. Blake, I mean, that seems like, I, well, again, this is a term we throw out there. Um, you know, what does it mean to have a strong heart? What does it mean for your heart to be strengthened? I, I you know, um, is what give us a, an idea on what what you think that might, might yeah be yeah 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 that's uh, we talk a lot about the heart like in like religious circles and things like that so mm-hmm. basically a heart when we talk about the heart it's basically you know the heart's like in your center of the, your body and basically we use that as basically like the uh like the moral guide point like that's where uh everything that happens is because like that's like what's going on that like that's the point that you're at like that's where all your morals come from is like what's within you and so it's kind of like that foundation that kind of foundation where everything comes out of so uh the thing is when we say we want to take heart strengthen our heart we want to strengthen our foundation we want to strengthen our morals but it's not just moralism it's we want to strengthen our relationship with christ like christ should be our foundation you know um we, you know, in Ezekiel, it talks about replacing a heart of stone and having a heart of flesh. And what that means is, you know, a heart like this, uh, your core is geared towards sin. Well, we don't want our core, our, you know, our spiritual state to be geared towards sin, but geared towards Christ. Mm-hmm. So I hope that can kind of make sense. It's a thing like a foundational level, like where, the, like the epicenter. That's a good word. The epicenter of all, like, a moral kind of compass kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jeff? Yeah, I mean, you know, the heart is the seat of the emotions. It's your intellect. It's who you really are. It's your invisible you. And um, and so I, um, when I looked at the psalm, I brought back some verses where David was, like, showing yeah. uh, his inner, what was going on in his inner battle. And, um, you know, he was in grief and his strength was uh, drained away and, you know, people despised him, and he was like basically like a, a broken vessel. And he was, you know, uh, so so in his mental state, his emotional state, 
um, he was lo- he was on the verge of losing heart, mm-hmm. and he needed to take heart. And that's when I use that quote about with power, poetry, and power. David expressed how complete his difficulty was, and I think that's good for us because a lot of times people say, you know, uh, you know, big boys don't cry, step up or lip, <laughs> uh, get back out there and do it again. Uh, you know, don't be a chicken. So we 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 push all this stuff on people when and when on the inside, really, they need to be honest with themselves. And then that directs then David back to where do I get the strength in my heart to begin with? Yeah. And he goes, you know, let him strengthen your heart. So that's got to come from God too. Like when we're at our weakest, when we're at the point of, you know, a mental breakdown or, or a physical breakdown because we're just like, can't take another step, where are we going to turn? You know, mm-hmm. we're going to turn back to God. Um, right. And, you know, it doesn't mean we won't use medicine and all these right. other things and counselors and everything else we need in order to get our heart back to where it needs to be. We can do all that. But the purpose is to, to rely on God, again, to um, give us the strength, the courage, and to, to take heart, to um, let our heart be strengthened. Yeah. Um, so it takes a, a humble person to say, you know, uh, I'm wrong and... I can't do this anymore. A lot of people think that's weakness. I mean, like, we just just throw the Olympics in there again. Simone Biles. She lost heart. Mm. She's weak. Just get up there. This is the way winners do it, you know. Uh, There's no physical thing wrong with her. What what is her problem? And so it's the same thing here. We we have to be honest. As Christians, we go through the same thing sometimes. And, And so where do we turn? And David's like, I mean, he's at the end of his rope. I mean... What is he going to do? Right. And so he has to turn back to God and keep turning people back to God to, to get your hope and courage from God, not from your own stuff you got on the inside because he was at the point he didn't have anything else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's clearly, he says, you know, I'm, I'm drained, you know. And it's interesting, Jeremy, I, I, it's, it's not just, people need to realize, I think that's just part of the human condition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the human the, the, the human default condition is not strength, it's weakness. Um, and, you know, I look at that, I look at that verse, um, the second verse that, in that passage, verse, oh, verse 10, 31, 10, it says, I'm dying from grief, my years are shortened by sadness. When he says, sin has drained my strength, and I'm wasting away from within. Um, Jeremiah, is it, is it sin that perhaps weakens our heart? Is that why our hearts are weak? Yeah, so um, I'll just go back to what you said uh, last Wednesday, I think, when we talked about the same subject of strength, mm-hmm. inner strength or whatever, and, and you said that it comes from the Spirit, right? God lives within us, and so we have access to that strength. The problem is, is there's this other part of us, there's this flesh part of us, the sin side of us. Mm-hmm. And so I think, so like we like to quote, not we, but just in general, Christians like to quote, he has not given you a spirit of fear. And it's, and people apply that to say like, strap up your bootstraps and just, you know, get with it, like figure it out. But I think what it means is if there's fear, that's not from the spirit. Mm. That's probably from the flesh. Right. And so, right. so inner strength would be like yielding to the Spirit, allowing the Spirit to take over, to, to control your life. Not that it 
not that it uh like a puppet or anything. Yeah, you're not a puppet or a robot or whatever. But, right. But you personally, your inner self is yielding to Christ who lives in you. So you have access to that strength. That's why we say, you know, your foundation is Christ. That's why you're strengthened in the Lord, right? It literally comes to dwell within you, but there's still this war. Galatians 5 talks about this war within yourself. Yeah. This flesh side of you and this spirit side of you. And it's our job to to hopefully yield to the spirit. Let me let me let me push into this a little bit. Um, can our can our uh, hearts be strong apart from Christ? Can we have strong hearts apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ? Yeah, I mean that's just part of the human condition. I would say no. People can make their We're going to disagree here, clearly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. now, for, for for eternity and all that, yes, you're right. you got to have Jesus Christ. But I think there are people that do courageous things that aren't Christians. I mean, there's history's full of it where people could take heart and, you know, protect a child or things like that. So I think that happens. I think what happens, though, for us is we can't depend on our, own, on our strength. We have to depend on God's strength. I think that's the difference. We as Christians, we know there is a point where our strength will run out. And we have to be humble enough to say, okay, Lord, I need your strength. The problem is we don't want to ask for help. You know, because we're being conditioned. We got to be strong. We got to keep doing it. We got to have the fortitude when God's sitting all, all along saying, no, let me, let me fight this battle for you. So, Jeremiah, you said you wanted to disagree there. What, what, why would you? Yeah, so I don't want to. I don't want to take away from the fact that every human can do good things, and I think part of that is because we're made in the image of God. That's right. Every human is made in the image of God. So, can they do good things? Yes, but we're also because of sin, which comes after being made in the image of God. Sin creeps in because of sin. We receive a, 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 a malleable, or not a malleable heart, but just a messed up heart. Mm-hmm. It's a hard heart. A hard heart, yeah. We need a malleable heart. So does that mean you could still do good things? Sure, uh, especially if, I think there's this general, uh, Romans 1 talks about, there's this general idea of right from wrong that God puts in our hearts. Uh, and I think that just comes from being uh, made in His image. Like there's this, general humanity that can do good things but as far as having inner strength and all these things like i think a lot of that's just false hope i I don't i don't i think well i didn't say it was the hope of eternity i just said that people don't have that i here's 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 where i think here's where i think the disagreement comes in and i think it's important is that i think we're um in some ways we're equivocating on the idea of what it means to have a strong heart because we use, we use that, that, that term, um, take heart, right? Yeah, I heard you say that a minute ago. And, and that, that, you know, someone, someone taking heart or someone having, um, having a, um, a, a strong heart to, to go and, yeah, rescue a child or do something good or do something valiant, that happens all the time. But if when we're talking about a strong heart, we're talking about the fundamental human condition, right like then the bible teaches us that our hearts are diseased 
by sin. That, 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 yeah, that our life is that. diseased by sin. But I wasn't using it in that context. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, that, that's why I was saying I think that we're equivocating on that term. Like we're, in other words, we're we're using two different definitions for the same thing. And if you use the def, if, if you're talking about a strong heart in terms of human um, goodness and the ability to do good things and the ability to power through, absolutely. There's no yeah. doubt. But in the context of this, when he's talking about taking a heart, he's talking about taking a heart that you're going to trust God. Right. And, and so the, no matter what you have to face. You know, it's almost like when I, when I start putting this passage together, you know what I thought about? I thought about the Tin Man. Uh-huh. That lyric that says, Oz never give, never, never, I think America, America did the, the lyric. Uh-huh. Oz never gave uh, anything to the Tin Man that he didn't didn't already have. Yeah, words, he already had a heart. Yeah, he didn't really get a heart from him. Right. And then I thought about the line how he wanted to have courage. courage. Which basically, it was take heart and courage. You know, that, right? That that because he got that medal, then all of a sudden he had courage. Yeah. So um, so it would be kind of like they didn't have it, but they had it. And right. I think that's kind of they what don't Jeremiah the... says. We, we're creating God's image, but we really don't have what it takes to take heart until we actually take Jesus Christ into our heart. Yes. And then that way, then we can actually fulfill, we can have the courage and we can, have, we can take heart and we can worship I, God with I our heart, have, mind, soul, and strength like he wants us to. I think we have a, yeah. I think we have a copy or a shadow of the real thing until we yeah. have Jesus. And then once we have Jesus, I think we have a, a different kind of strong, we have the true heart, right, that we're supposed to have um, and we then from that we have the ability to have courage, to have strength yes. that we did not have before. Yes. And is, so, yeah. so, so to go back to the question I was asking, can someone have a truly strong heart apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ? I think the answer is no, as long as we understand well, that. You said truly. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's the better way. So, so good discussion there. Yeah. Regardless, um, let's move into the last part of this, and it's really, um, it really is what we've already talked about. Yeah, I started to do what he did. I started to do this one first. Yeah. Like th- if you don't have this one, the other two, the other two don't make you're sense. Your time, right? Yeah. Because, so it's kind of like we did, we did it, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have talked about this. This is the main thing. Here. This is the main this thing. So confident hope comes from putting our hope in the Lord. Um, you know, that 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 if you're going to put, you could say putting your trust or putting your faith or whatever in the Lord, right? Um, and, and just a few verses here. The second part of that is be of good courage and you should strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. And, uh, you know, or all you who put your hope in the Lord or the ESV, all you who wait for the Lord, um, all those Blake are, it's basically saying, okay, yeah, be strong, be courage. But for who is that, who is that aimed at? Well, it's aimed at those who would wait for God, who would wait for the Lord, who put their hope in the Lord, right? How important is it? To understand th- this whole verse in the context of this last section, yeah, you got to have the last part for the first part to even make sense, really. Yeah, because um, you know, like, yeah, we can be strong sometimes, we can be courageous, but like, at the end of the day, like, what does our strength matter? Like, it might last for a couple days. You know, mm-hmm. it can have, you know, if a fireman goes in and um, you know, rescue somebody, yeah, that like that's awesome. 100% not trying to take anything away from that. But, like, when it comes to eternity, like, we got to have hope in the Lord, you know, because eventually all this is going to pass away, you know. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but Solomon said all is vanity, 
Right. You know, all is vanity. So that's why our hope is in the Lord because all is vanity, you know. But that's why we can be strong because the Lord's strong. That's why we can have um, courage because the Lord was, you know, the Lord has courage, you know. So I think a lot of it, you know, we put on a more perfect, a more like perfected sense of like, what I think what it's getting at is better sanctification, mm-hmm. you know, becoming more like Christ. You know, I had to be careful in my words there, <laughs> but we had, but uh, it basically, it's becoming more like Christ, becoming more like God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, um, you know, like I said, we've already kind of touched on this quite a bit in our discussion already, but um, I think of that. I really like that Romans fifteen thirteen verse there, Jeff. That is, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you complete with joy and peace because you trust in Him. And then, then you will overflow with confident hope. Right, that's where, I stole, that's where I stole the phrase for the masses. Like, oh, okay, because I was going to call it expectant hope. Yeah. When I saw that, it's like, no, nah, I'm going to call, call it confident hope. Confident hope through the through He what? the same but hope. It's through, but, it's through, but it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. yes. And so, you know, I, I do reflect back on that video you showed. And if you, know, if you weren't here Sunday, you didn't see that. Um, there were just... It was just a man on the street kind of thing where he was asking people, do you have hope? What do you have your hope in? And it was just so, you're right, it was tragic in some ways to hear the number of people that that answered that question truthfully, honestly, but their answers were, were, were um, at the end of the day, man, if that's what you're putting your hope in, man, you just don't have much. You just really don't. If, if, if your hope is in humanity, humanity's not going to get you anywhere. I mean, for one thing, we know that humanity is not going to last forever. I mean, if mankind will eventually die out, you know. If, if, if it really was the case, if it really were the case that there is no God with it and that, that all there is is just this planet, just the people that are on it, and we're all just stuff, then there will come a day when stuff will die, and, and, and that will be the end of things. And then what? There's nothing. There's nothing. So if your hope is in humanity only, then you, you've got, I mean, what do you even live in each day for, Jeremiah? There, there, there's no ultimate hope. There's no ultimate meaning. There's no ultimate purpose to anything you do. Yeah, and we see it. Maybe we get to see it more than others because of uh, funerals. But man, funerals where pretty much everyone in the crowd are believers and funerals where pretty much everyone in the crowd are not mm. just shows you that that this hope, this confident hope that we have in Jesus is 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 just different. It, it's it's real. It's real hope. And then you see those who don't have that hope, and they just fight and blame, and they're they're frustrated. You can just tell that they're not settled. They don't. They don't have a, a clue as to why this happened it feels so weird to them and uh but yeah that's that's not just at funerals that's everyday life i mean you you see time and time again these these famous people and these athletes who who they to to the american dream they have everything and yet they have no hope and yeah. you can just tell yeah yeah and and even if um like even if they do have hope, I think mean, Frank Turek has a book out right now um, called "Borrowing from God." Yeah. And the the idea is is that um, those who 
those who say, okay, my source of hope is in humanity and I don't need God, they borrow from God in order to, in order to, to, to sort of smuggle in meaning, smuggle in values, smuggle in um, even morality. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise, there's no point. Yeah. You don't have those things, right? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, you, you look around. I mean, you just, I don't know how anybody can, I don't, I don't want to sound mean, but like sensibly put their hope in humanity. Mm. You know, like, like the more humans there are, like the more problems there are. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's just the truth. You know, and but if your hope isn't in God, like yeah, you've got to find purpose somewhere. You know, and that you know, like our, we would say our purpose comes from God. Like God gives us purpose, so you got to borrow all these things that God created, but you got to twist them because your hope's not in God. Right. And I think that you got to say that they're human creations. Yeah, and when. And you basically put your trust in the creation, things that are created, more than the creator at right. that point. Well, you know, but that's been that's been our problem from the beginning. It has I mean, been. It's, it's been our problem from the beginning. We, we we tend to worship creation rather than worship the creator, as, as Paul says in Romans one. And, yeah. and so, um, you know, I, I think about secular humanism, Jeff, the, the, and that's their whole thing: is that the secular humanists <clears throat> they 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 um, they want to put hope in just humanity. That's it, and um, and their and their slogan is "good without God." Yeah, you know, can you can't have good without God, can you? Well, you can have you know a semblance of good, right? No, but, huh? the Bible says that God is well, but, uh, is we good. We understand all that, but if you're talking about just a person. There are people that live good lives. If you use it as but a, but if they live a good life, it's because they're made in the image of God. Well, I meaning they that, still Jim. need I'm not God. Making a, a, right, I'm not saying that people can be good. We 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 we're deceit. We're deceiving people as Christians if we say only Christians can be good. People right. can be good and do good things, but they can't be good without God. No, ultimately no. Right, and, and ultimately no. Right. Okay, that's not why he's asking me that. Right. But I get, I get what you're saying. But so that's why these people can come up with these slogans and sayings because they're right. trying, they're trying to say that we're saying they're not good, and they're saying, "Well, we are good, and we can't do that." We can say, "Yeah, we we have the capability of doing good. We also have the capability of doing bad." And and when it comes comes down to it, even our good is not good enough. Right. That's that's the yeah. and, and so Jesus then if you put a scale and say okay if Jesus is perfect, who would be the next person in line that you would say is the most perfect person you've ever known in your entire life? Well, most most people will say Mother Teresa or Billy Graham or something like that. Well, they're still not there, right? So if I'm and if you put yourself on the scale, well maybe I'm down here, but I'm not Hitler who's way down there. So they're comparing themselves. Well, Jesus still makes up the gap for everybody. Right. And that's the problem. Even in all my own goodness, I still need Jesus Christ. Right. And I think what you're trying to... They're trying to say, I don't need God or Jesus, period. I can still be good. Right. I think what you're saying is is that the, the, the rationale behind someone who says good without God is that, well, I do good things. I do, plenty, I, I, do, I do plenty of good things. And then what Jeremiah was to push back and say is, yeah, the only reason you're able to do good things, though, is because there's one who created good, who is good himself. Without him, there is no good. 
Good is just simply a word we use. It's right. not. It doesn't have any value to it. It can't have any value to it. It would be a human created value, and and then it would just be relevant to whoever. And that's good is good is whatever makes me yeah. feel feel good is whatever makes me feel feel uh, happy. And that's the way they're using it. Right. Yes. But but that but when we say that, then we we negate the whole idea of good. In fact, you can't have. The idea, the very idea of good, depends upon, in some ways, I think God. Yeah. And so, um, I would agree with that. Right. They right. don't understand that, and they don't see. They that. don't understand. So you can't that. come in with a sledgehammer and hit them over the head. And say, no, no. And, and you're right to say that we need to be careful in saying that. Oh, you can't do any good because you're, you know, you don't believe in God. Well, no, you can do good, and you're doing good things. You're doing good things in, in. in uh, in your community, you're doing good things for for humanity. Don't, but the only reason you need to understand the only reason you're able to even do good things is because there is a good God. Yes. Without Him, then the things that you're doing, you can call them good, but there's no real foundation. Well, compared to yeah, if you do a comparative game, yes, you can call yourself good. Yeah. When Isaiah, like it's in Isaiah 64, um, I wanted to look up the reference this week, so I didn't say what scripture says this way. I was, I was off my <laughs> game last week. Apologize for that. But like in Isaiah 64, it was a you know, Isaiah writes like, like our good deeds are filthy like, rags. Like yeah. filthy rags. Yes. Like it's, and we know that and we understand that, but yeah. a lost person doesn't understand. Right. So like the deeds are good, or like he wouldn't call them good. Right. But. What we have to help people understand is like, hey, you know, apart from God, like a part of a relationship from God, like, what are you doing these good deeds for? Yeah. You know? And, um, you know, we also have to be gentle with unbelievers. Yeah, and, and, and that is important. And just show them, showing them their need is what our, our job as Christian is. Like, hey, yeah, look, we are like, if they're at a homeless shelter, hey, I totally appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but, like, what's the, what's the motive behind it? You know, yeah. what's the motive behind it? Yeah, that's... That's really good. So, um, in, at the end of the day, and I get what you said there, Blake, really gets us back to where we were at the beginning of all of this, which is that we have a community of people all around us who need hope. And not just hope in, in humanity or hope that something you know, might happen, but they need confident hope. And the only way they're ever going to get that confident hope is, is in... Is, to, is in that relationship with Jesus Christ. And the only way that happens is if, you know, the Word gets to them. And the only way the Word gets to them is if we take it to them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even and if so, they're trusting their goodness, they're not confident in it. Right. They're just like, okay, I've done these good things, but right. I don't really have any confidence other than, you know, this may help someone get a college degree or this may help someone eat some food. Right. You know, so that ends it right there. Yeah. It's not the yeah. last and the eternal from. Right. And so we want to, uh, so closing this out, we just want to, um, we want to remind ourselves that, um, you know, we have a source of confident hope and we need to share that source of confident hope with others. At the end of the day, that's really what this is all about. All right. So um, that's end. Uh, that'll draw us to a close for this one. Um, thanks for getting what I mentioned about the messianic passage I, into your hands. I commit my spirit. Oh, uh, well, I was about to close out, but if you want to mention it, we've got about well, that five just, minutes yeah, here. It just points back to, you know, Christ quoted it. And so David was even saying that even if I die, I'm committing my hands into your spirit. Mm. Right. So, all right. 
That's Psalm uh, 31, 5, verse yes. 5. Right, so Psalm 31, 5 reads, uh, Into your hand I commit my spirit. You it's have right redeemed there. me, O Lord God of truth. And it's the same thing that Jesus quotes. Yes. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And so what David's saying there is, even if I die, you know, I'm committing my spirit into your hands. So you still trust in God even in death. Right, and then Jesus is doing the same thing, modeling for us yes. um, what we need to do. So, yeah, great. Okay. So that really will close us up. <laughs> um, actually, Jeff, what, um, do you know what the next verse is? Well, that's from another very familiar passage of Scripture, because okay. it is VBS, remember? Right. It's found in uh, Isaiah chapter 40, and it's right in the heart of the most, probably one of the most other, most quoted passages in the world, ah. and most coffee mugs and things <laughs> you put on pictures and stuff. But it's the one, it's the verse um, 29 before you get to the most quoted parts. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Mm. So, and the he, rest of it's about the wings of eagles and all that. So right. I'm going to try my best to stay away from all of that and just concentrate <laughs> on that one part of it. Because all right. those others get preached on. So he gives power to the weak, right? Increases and, strength. And increases strength. All right. Well, great. Well, we'll 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 talk more about power again on Monday. This time it really will be Monday, being point, and uh, we'll hope to see you then. Thanks for tuning into this one. See you on the next one. So long.